Welcome to the Life Change Podcast. Panhandle Weight Loss Center is a unique surgical practice focused on changing lives. Our approach moves away from the singular goal of weight loss and encompasses one of overall health and wellness. This podcast explores a variety of topics inside the realm of health and wellness, including nutrition, fitness, lifestyle issues, and even surgery. The goal of this program is to inspire listeners to take a critical review of your life as we guide you towards a paradigm that translates to life change. Hey, everybody. This is uh, Dr. Nikoi at the Panhandle Weight Loss Center. Um, we're going to record Ask Me Anything episode number two. Uh, I submitted a kind of an open open form question on the support group, just uh linking or giving ideas for things to talk about. And we got quite a few uh, recommendations, over 26 different questions. Some of them are, are uh, duplicates, so we're gonna kind of run through these. Uh, I wanna apologize for the delay in getting a new podcast up. My wife turned 40. Um, we had some vacations and uh, some tremendous busyness at work and uh, all those excuses to further deflect my laziness and pushing the record button. But here we are, and we're hoping to get back on track with some regular content. Uh, as always, yeah, you guys feel free uh, when when you know, when you see this on Facebook. If you have ideas you want us to talk about, we have some good topics coming up uh, in the near future. Uh, protein shakes, what kind? What do I do? How long do I do those things? Are they really good for me? Um, fatigue after surgery. Uh, why does my body act stranger after I have a hysterectomy? Um, things like the skinny shot and other hormonal type manipulation. And uh, ultimately, we want to get to one entitled The Science Behind Weight Loss, which I think will be uh, pretty impactful. So for now, we're going to jump into the Ask Me Anything episode. Uh, so question one, how many carbs are too much in a day? Um, there's a few ways of looking at that. Uh, I think it really comes down to what your goals are. If your goal is to lose as much fat as possible, then as close to zero as possible uh, is the target carb intake. Um, I think most uh, you know dietary programs and uh, people that are looking at specifically trying to, to cut fat, uh, nothing, no day over 50 grams of carbs in a day is gonna help you lose weight. People that are looking to, to maintain, play 50 to 100 carbs a day, there is literally no reason in the world to average over 100 carbs a day. But unfortunately, that's where most of us live, especially our kids who are you know, most likely getting 80 grams of carbs before they even leave the house in the morning. And then we won't get into school lunches because that's another difficult uh, point. Um, below that was how much fat in a day. There, to me, there's no limitation on fat. Now we can talk about limiting bad fats. So healthy fats being natural fat, saturated fat, uh, monounsaturated fat, you know, so things like beef, um, uh, olive oil, uh, uh, coconut oil, avocado oil, uh, uh, avocados in general, nuts. Um, I mean, th there's healthy natural fats. I don't think that you should limit yourself on fat intake. Um, now, unhealthy fats like fried foods, uh, anything with vegetable oil, canola oil, safflower oil, and these are all on the ingredient list on the back of a lot of things we're eating. Um, those are just like carbs. You want to limit those to as few as possible. Um, and you know that. And to be fair, we, we hope to have a podcast coming up pretty soon that really dives into 
the nature of these oils. And we've mentioned them on a few of our, our prior podcasts. Um, so, you know, kind of loose recommendations, but uh, I think if, you're, if your goal overall is to lose as much fat as possible, then those are the, the, the goals that I would be uh, shooting for. Um, so next question is, we had a link to some pictures from Quest, uh, tortilla style protein chips, uh, and then puffs that are somewhat, uh, I guess they're trying to attract you guys into buying them by putting some healthy labels on there. Um, now this, to me, this is 80, 20 eating. Um, is it a better option than the normal version of those things? Yes. Is it a great option? No. Um, Anything that comes in a box or a bag, I try to avoid for the most part in my life. Um, the 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 real kicker is the ingredient list on the back here. They can really um, manipulate the macronutrients, so carbs, f- pre- uh, protein, fat, and make it attractive. But then you got to really look at the ingredient list and see what they're making this stuff with. Cause that's what that's what really sabotages us when we try to buy these healthy alternative type foods. Uh, like they'll throw keto on bread. Well, there, there is not a thing out there that's keto about bread. Uh, or they'll, you know, they'll slap, you know, low carb or, you know, heart friendly on Cheerios. Um, so you got to really pay attention to this kind of false labeling. Because uh, like I said, yes, uh, is the Quest tortilla style protein chip better than the average protein tip chip? Yes. Uh, but is it still is it still a bad option the the answer to that is also uh yes um the so let's see next question uh i need help as i'm going backwards not forwards uh so a couple things there uh number one realize your health and wellness journey is a lifelong journey you're going to have ups and downs so with surgery and without surgery there are going to be i mean even in my own life there are months that i feel like i'm killing it i feel great uh, my energy's through the roof. My body feels good. And then there's two months of, man, I've really strayed off the pathway. Um, I need to, to get back. And, you know, that's peaks and valleys. You know, when you're on your peak, you when you're on the peak, you, you appreciate the valleys. And when you're in the valley, you appreciate the peaks. Um, and you're always going to be chasing that. Uh, the, I think, general guideline there, if what you're doing is making you go backwards, you got to really look at shocking that system and going a different direction. Um so there's, you know, don't don't be convinced that what you're doing for a while is always going to work. I mean, your your body changes, your hormones change, lots of things change. So you're, you know, what you're doing from a nutritional standpoint or an activity standpoint may have to change with that. Uh, I know that's probably a little intimidating. Like, hey, I mastered, I'm in the good routine, I've mastered this. Why is it not working anymore? But don't get frustrated with that because that's common. Uh, so if you're if you're in the groove and it's not working for you, that's that's when you reach out. You know, let's what can we change? What can we uh, adjust here to to get you back to where you want to be? Uh, next question was about hair loss. Uh, now this is a complex topic. Um, the you know in the in the grand scheme of it, we don't see a lot uh, like a, we don't see a higher percentage of patients that have hair loss or ha- hair thinning. Uh, but we do see it. Um, I've, you know, uh, for the most part, most patients are taking the vitamins and supplements that they, that they need to be taking to prevent that. That being said, um, the, you know, going through surgery, going through a tremendous lifestyle shock 
it can be traumatizing to the small little hair follicles. And what I explain to people is when your when your body is in, you know, has had that significant change, it starts looking at things that it does not view as important. Uh, so nails, hair. Uh, so, you know, when your, your body feels that stress, it, it, the telogens, so the little things in your scalp that produce the hair, uh, they, they kind of shut down for a while. And so you get thinning, you get uh, some hair loss. Now, good news is that most of that should be temporary. Uh, and long-term, it really comes down to the quality of your nutrition and the, and the amount of nutrition. I can say without a doubt, most people that I see hair loss in, are, are staying, they're going too long after surgery and they're continuing to suppress their intake. So, you know, another good point here is to drive home that after this surgery, it is not a volume issue. I don't, we don't want you guys trying to limit how much you eat after the surgery. That's what the surgery is there for. It'll tell you when you're full. So, you know, trying to diet, trying to keep your calories below 600 uh, calories a day after surgery because you want to really push the limits of weight loss is is gonna is gonna bite you in the rear. Two reasons: number one, you're gonna have some hair loss. Number two, uh, you're it's gonna create some long term struggles when you uh, uh, when you can't suppress at 600 calories forever, and nobody can do that. So don't make that your goal. Um, so those are kind of two, and uh, and I'm also gonna take time to point you guys to a website called Banana Bariatrics, and I'm looking up the exact website because I don't want to screw it up, uh, but it's a good friend of mine. Her name's Kate Fuss. She uh, works online with some bariatric patients, and she sent me a link that has some, some very good information uh, that goes above and beyond what I just talked about that goes into the, the supplemental history of of hair loss it talks about the importance of fats in hair production uh, collagen um, and the different collagen uh, options like vital protein uh, and she kind of goes through those uh, which i think is probably be a lot more inclusive of a list than uh, what I, I can talk here she even though zinc in there uh, zinc deficiencies can can, can manifest as uh, hair loss but in general, anything that you're doing that, that increases inflammation, that increases stress on your body, uh, is going to lead to hair thinning. And so the key is to, to minimize those, uh, those uh, issues. I apologize for the sniffling. I have some allergies here in the West Texas uh, tree bloom season. Um, so in that same, we talk about, uh, there's a question about the pros and cons of IV infusions. Um, so, you know, there's multiple clinics around town. I think there's even a mobile unit that, you know, if you're struggling with hydration after the, the procedure, you know, you can get some IV fluids. Uh, and then also most of these companies also offer pretty specific vitamin infusions like a vitamin C or a B12 or, you know, a stress complex, you know, things of that nature. Uh, so we're for these. Uh, now, ideally, we don't want people getting so dehydrated that they need these uh, options, but people do on, on occasion get uh, uh, dehydrated and, and need to, to, to go get these IV fluids. I think they, uh, they, they do, uh, do well with the post um, excessive in, uh, partying on Friday type crowd where Saturday you wake up and you're feeling pretty, pretty lousy. I think uh, a lot of people can turn to IV fusions, infusions for that. 
Um, I don't, there was a question here about comprehensive list of what's available. I don't have that currently. So I'm going to work on getting a, a comprehensive list and putting that on our Facebook page for you guys. Um, but you know, if you need them, they're great. Uh, they, they can be costly. Um, I, you know, I personally have been there a few times, uh, to get different vitamin infusions. Uh, and, and if I ever call it's, I mean, in the 80 to $120 an infusion type type level. Uh, a lot of it's not covered by insurance. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you need that, and then also we just also remember we do, we do fluids here in the clinic if you guys uh, need it. And that's usually a, uh, uh, a, not a very expensive, uh, route for people to get some hydration if they need it. And most people that are truthfully struggling with, with, uh, with hydration, we're going to get them into clinic pretty quickly, uh, to make sure they don't get dehydrated because that's where you start feeling pretty lousy. Um, well, good. So let me continue to scroll down here. Um, is there anything I can start right after surgery to prevent hair loss? Okay, we kind of we kind of went through that. Most most people that go through our clinic are going to get that that baseline uh, uh, vitamin discussion. They're going to understand what they what they need there. Uh, and so you know, the 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 biotin, the you know the different vitamins, the B twelve, the folate. Uh, those are all, you know, good things uh, to be on. But if you're if you're having surgery with us, you're going to be on that stuff. We're going to have made those recommendations for you. Uh, is bone broth good for you? And how much a day? So first answer, yes, it is great for you. And second answer is however much you want to drink a day. Um, I, you know, my wife and I will commonly, you know, when we're in the group of things, we'll drink probably a, a coffee cup full uh, every day, if not a little bit more. Uh, we make our own bone broth at home. Uh, they sell bones at natural grocers that there's a recipe on the back of the bag. That is to me, it's some of the best tasting bone broth out there. Uh, but you're, uh, you're getting a lot of an amazing nutrients, uh, in a small punch. And, you know, I really want to emphasize here that bone broth is a lot different than broth. Bone broth actually has all the good stuff in it, whereas broth, is, everything's been filtered out and some sodium has been thrown in. Uh, so bone broth having healthy fats, collagen, lots of vitamins, lots of nutrients. Uh, and then if you really want to nerd out, we can get into the difference between, uh, you know, grass-fed, grass-finished bones and, you know, uh, conventionally raised uh, bones. Uh, if, if you want to go above and beyond, you know, you'll gravitate towards those grass-fed, grass-finished bones. Those are the ones at natural grocers. Uh, my wife and I also buy bones at Eads. You can get, you can walk in and get a huge box of bones, knuckle, femur, um, and oxtail. Uh, it just ask them for a bone box. Uh, they generally sell it to people. So they cook them and let their dogs gnaw on them. Uh, but you know, we, we cut them up and, and use them in bone broth. Um, there's lots of bone broth recipes. Uh, Mark Sisson runs a website called Mark's Daily Apple. If any of you guys are my patients, I may have mentioned this along the way. Uh, he, uh, if you go to, if you go to that web that webpage, marksdailyapple.com, there's a search box, type in bone broth, or just go to Google, put Mark Sisson, Mark with a K, uh, and then type Mark Sisson bone broth. And you're going to see, uh, you know, lots of very good recipes, uh, that I think could fit anybody's, um, uh, palate. Uh, let's see. Now we have a question about ketones. Uh, so man, whoever put this is on the next, the next level. Uh, so key, supplemental ketones, 
the you know naturally your body if you get into the right nutritional situation your body produces ketones when it's burning fat uh so you know you say you've limited your carbs and your body now needs energy there's no carbs available it's going to go knock on the the fat and say hey hey guys it's time to come play we need you for energy uh now to get in, in i think we're going to address this fully in the science behind weight loss podcast but if you do not have the machinery to utilize uh, uh, that fat and break it down into ketone and use it in your energy production um, uh, biology, then you, you, that, that's where people struggle to lose weight. They're like they just don't have the machinery. You, you, they haven't built that ability to break down fat, use it as energy in the form of ketones. So uh, I'll tell you how I've used supplemental ketones in the in the past. Uh, and the specific one that was posted on the web on the Facebook page is the exact one I use, made by Keto Os. Um, so how I've used it. So when I first kind of went down this whole health and wellness pathway, I was going to get into ketosis. Now, if anybody's ever uh, flirted around with ketosis or you know extremely cut carbs out, there's about a week there where you feel pretty much like crap um you know people people call that the keto flu or you know whatever it is but you're you have no energy you have headaches you feel pretty stinking miserable and a lot of people that go through surgery experience the same thing and you know they think they're dehydrated they think they're having issues there but in actuality your body is trying to use fat in the form of ketones but you don't have the ability to use it and so that's how you feel pretty miserable. Now, what you can do in that gap time, uh, so if you're trying to get into ketosis or you're trying to get into metabolic flexibility or you've gone through surgery and you've eliminated all the carbohydrates and now you feel like snot, which now you have two things, give up, or how can I get around this? So two ways to get around it. I can either push through and just deal with all the side effects or I can use something like a supplemental ketone to uh, help my body convert, you know, give me, give me that one, two week window or depending on how, on how overweight you are or, or how long you've been overweight, it may be a longer window. It could be a month, two months. Uh, I'm going to use these supplements to, uh, to, to buy me some time and train my body to use these ketones. So to me, that's where supplemental ketones, ketones come in for anybody that's ever used them. It is like rocket fuel to the brain. Uh, your brain really feels good when there's some ketones giving it energy versus just carbohydrates. Um, the downside is uh, supplemental ketones can be expensive, uh, especially the stuff from, from Keto Os, but they are the, the best uh, out there. Uh, let's see, next question. Uh, let's talk about poop. Uh, aside from getting plenty of water, what's the best way to stay regular? Um, so fiber and in this post, there was a discussion about fiber gummies. So, you know, making sure you're getting fiber. Now uh, that same post talks about 14 to 21 carbs daily. That really gets into the discussion about, uh, you know, uh, net carbs, which car we know, uh, you know, some carbohydrates are not absorbed. Uh, you know, you know, when we drink pulp in our orange juice, the pulp is not absorbed, whereas, you know, the other stuff is. So fiber, like things that go through that bulk our stool, pull water into the colon that help us stay, stay regular. Um, so hydration, uh, fiber. Uh, now, we don't encourage people to routinely take stool uh, or like laxatives. Uh, stool softeners can sometimes be used, stuff like colace. 
one thing that I think tremendously helps with staying regular is activity, uh, exercise, uh, moving. Uh, so your, your gut is a muscle. Uh, and so as we ignore the rest of our musculature, well, our, our gut feels that same way. Uh, the, another issue, I forget what number I'm on, but, uh, probiotics and are, am I, does my colon have the right bacteria in it to, to be able to function appropriately? Uh, so those are the, those are the kind of the big ones. Um, the, and also about the different types of surgery, uh, color consistency spell. So, you know, the, there's a big difference between the sleeve and the duodenal switch with the duodenal switch. We are affecting how you absorb nutrients. So, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're sending food a little further down. We're delaying the introduction of bile and pancreatic juices. So your food does not spend quite as much time, uh, with, with the, the, uh, those fluids. Uh, so that creates a situation if the you know, the wrong things are eaten or, you know, certain, certain, uh, ways of eating that if that food moves through a little too quick, that's when people, you know, have a, a more bowel movements in a day or the stool smells a little different, uh, worse is the word I'm trying to avoid using. Uh, or it has a different color consistency. Sometimes it can, it can look oily. So that's unprocessed fats. That's undigested fats uh, that you're seeing and smelling on the other end. So if people are dealing with that, you know, we have supplements that we can add. We can give you dietary education on what to change to try to try to help that. So I think that that kind of covered that situation. You know, a volume of food is not this my issue. You know, macronutrients. Uh, we kind of covered it early in the podcast. If you're trying to lose weight, you know, you should never go over 50 grams of carbs a day. And you know, the closer to zero, the better your outcomes are going to be. Uh, the protein, uh, you know, I like to have a more defined conversation based off your muscle mass. Are you under muscled? Are you over muscled? Are you trying to maintain muscle? Are you trying to build muscle? You know, that protein intake looks different for all of those stages. And then fat intake, uh, healthy fats, unlimited, as much as you want. Uh, bad fats, just like carbs. I need to limit those. I need to, you know, really eliminate those things from my uh, uh, my diet. Um, next question is, how do you find this podcast? Well, if you're listening to this, you found it. And if you haven't found it, I'll post it on the uh, support group. But it is housed on Spotify. Uh, Joe Rogan and I have a, an exclusive deal. We get paid a lot of money to host on on Spotify. And if you've made it this far in the podcast and you're not laughing, uh, you should be because I don't get paid to post this on pod, uh, on Spotify. I actually have to pay to host it on Spotify. Uh, so uh, Spotify is where you can find it. But we do, we do put it on our general Facebook page and we also put it on our pa- Facebook support page. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep doing that and hope you guys will see it and be able to click it. Um, had surgery, lost 20 pounds since last summer, but I've gained it back plus. So number one, um, you know, diets don't last forever. Um, uh, and because it can be on or off. And then number two, if you're doing something and it stops working, we need to change. I'm constantly changing things in my own, in my own diet, in my own lifestyle. Uh, so, you know, there's no, you know, set it and forget it. You know, there's, there's routines you want to develop. But as far as nutrients, as far as exercise, as far as stress management, as far as sleep management, that's something you always have to be working on. So for that answer, come see us uh, because it's hard to give you advice not knowing 
what you're struggling with. And so when you really need to dive into the to the uh, specifics on that to see if we can change something up to get you back to where you want to be. Um, uh, I've seen information come over about possibly doing another surgery, also this heartburn. So I assume this patient is at, has had a sleeve, looks like they did really well, has gained a little weight, wants to lose more weight, but also has heartburn. So uh, two things to address there. Number one, so we do, if you've had a sleeve, uh, you know, we always have the ability to do the duodenal switch. Uh, the sleeve is part of the duodenal switch. So, you know, in, in actuality, half the surgery's already been done. So we're just going in and doing that second half of the surgery. So for a sleeve patient that doesn't lose as much as they want or they struggle long-term with maintenance, we always have the ability to go back and do the duodenal switch. It's actually a really straight, very short, like a 20, 30 minute case. Um, Heartburn, totally different animal. Uh, now, heartburn in our realm uh, is, uh, there's a few causes. It could be anatomy. So I have a hiatal hernia that's throwing off my ability to manage this. Uh, I have the wrong gut bacteria. So we have, there's some supplements that we can use to try to calm, calm this down. Uh, number three, depending on where you've had surgery, how many years ago you've had surgery, sleeve techniques have changed over the years. So, you know, older sleeve techniques, we saw a lot more uh, heartburn. Uh, if you're struggling with heartburn, uh, definitely that's something we need to go through a little bit of a, of a workup for. There's a big question kind of in our circle on the surgery side about the duodenal switch and does it have better control of heartburn versus the sleeve? So there's some good data coming out uh, pretty soon that, that says the answer to that is yes. So in that situation, uh, two things. We're, we're making the exit of those fluids from the stomach a little easier. But number two, you're also getting more weight off. And that's another thing that contributes to our heartburn is, is weight. So the more overweight we are, um, uh, the more reflux we're going to have. Now, there's also some really good evidence linking heartburn to insulin sensitivity issues. So if I'm a diabetic or, you know, people have insulin sensitivity issues way 20, 30 years before they have diabetes, you know, as, as, as doctors, we only make a big deal of it when it turns into diabetes. But there is some strong evidence linking insulin insensitivity to heartburn. Uh, it just throws off all your hormonal management, which heartburn is nothing, it's, it's hormones. Uh, so your stomach produces a hormone that tells a receptor to produce acid, and then there's a feedback mechanism in there. So when you're insulin insensitive, uh, when you're still eating a lot of carbs in your life, um, you're still going to struggle with that, that reflux. But if you're having reflux, there's no one-stop shopping answer. The supplement that I recommend people taking to see if it can possibly uh, decrease their information is called betaine, B-E-T-A-I-N, with HCL, which includes acid, and pepsin. And what that supplement is trying to do is reset that, that bacteria in your gut to see if it can give you better control. Um, so, but reflux is definitely a sticky situation. Uh, the gold standard uh, for reflux back in the old days was a gastric bypass. Now, if you've been through our clinic, we have our, our hesitancy on doing gastric bypass because yes, it may resolve your reflux, but it could possibly lead to bigger long-term issues. And so we don't wanna create that. Uh, a uh, question here about water and protein uh, in a busy life. Uh, include specifics and tried and true things such as flavors and brands. 
the store carries some specific stuff, but they uh, get past, I can't get it past the taste. Also hot topic for me is thyroid issues after surgery. Um, so I'm going to delay answering the thyroid topic because that's a bigger, that's a bigger one. Um, uh, the, I think if you're seeing thyroid issues after surgery, we really need to look at your inflammatory levels and what's going on there. Uh, there's usually something driving that thyroid issue, uh, and it starts in an inflammatory state. Uh, so, you know, it's really hard to answer that without knowing the, the full picture. Uh, protein supplements. I'm not big on long-term protein supplementation. Uh, if I do, I usually just use an unflavored protein, like a micronized protein, like we sell here in the clinic, muscle genre. And I just dump it into coffee. I dump it into uh, chili soups. I just, you know, add protein wherever you want. Uh, as far as the pre-made waters, like the protein H2Os, and that's okay to use in the first uh, one or two months after surgery. Uh, but for the long, for the long term, we want your protein coming from food. Uh, and you know, the, I think the only reason you need to be supplementing is if you physically can't get enough of that, that food yet in that first, you know, two weeks to, to a month or so. Um, in that situation, it's just finding what works for you. Uh, proteins taste and feel different to everybody, so it's really hard to give uh, general recommendations on um, which ones to do. Uh, energy, I have none. Uh, is it because I'm not eating the right things? What will help me? So the answer to that is uh, yes, it's most likely uh, nutritionally related. Uh, if you're trying to get in that metabolic flexibility, kind of refer to the previous part of the podcast where we talked about ketones. Um, if uh, So eat it, without getting into to too much nerdy detail here, but most people that have weight issues have mitochondrial dysfunction. So mitochondria is what actually produces your energy. Uh, so as we get inflamed, as we have oxidative damage, as we've gone through years of, of, of bad eating habits, we really damage our mitochondria and they stop creating energy. And then when they stop creating energy, all the substrate builds up, substrate being the things we eat, and that's what makes us gain weight. Uh, so long-term fix for your energy issue is restoring your mitochondrial health. And that's not an overnight fix. Uh, there are lots of supplements that are geared towards helping people repair their mitochondria. Uh, but it starts with nutrition. None of those supplements work without revolutionizing your nutrition. Um, so I'd say in your situation, maybe looking at supplementing using those supplemental ketones while your body is repairing that energy fix. Um, a couple more questions about hair, uh, which I think you know we've addressed, and I'm also going to provide a link for you guys. Uh, why is everything so sweet? So when we have surgery, uh, and it's not everybody, but there, I put it in the 20 to 30 percent range. You get almost like a uh, taste bud revolution. So sweet things become very sweet. My recommendations just don't don't eat them. Uh, and in this specific post, it's talking about even beef jerky and cheese tasting sweet. So it probably depends on the brand. So lots of beef jerky does have sugar added into it. So, you know, really searching out those beef jerkies that have not added any preservatives or, uh, or sugar. Um, uh, the other thing is with the duodenal switch, your body becomes very insulin sensitive. That's the reason it's really good for diabetes. Uh, so, you know, you, you don't need that supplemental. So in that situation, you're going to have some, some taste bud, uh, change as well. Um, the best way to get back on track, come see us. Uh, you need to talk. 
Uh, it's, you know, those questions are, are, are really hard uh, to answer because we don't specifically know what each individual uh, person is struggling with. And that's what you got to dive into when you're trying to get back on track. Um, now, if you want to get back on track and you're like, I just don't want to talk to those jokers, you know, the website I point everybody to is that is marksdailyapple.com. Um, there's also uh, a guy that runs a podcast called The Model Health Show. It's Sean Stevenson, uh, who I think is really good at helping people develop really good habits. Um, there's uh, Ben Greenfield, if you really want to nerd out and get really into like biohacking and I don't call that being on track. That's like hopping tracks and getting on a different track. Uh, Peter Atia, Mark Hyman, these are all good resources. Uh, we also have this stuff here. So, you know, if you if you really want a, a place to get started and need more direction, uh, definitely reach out uh, to us. Uh, and then the last comment was about my going to the salad bar for like two years in a row, thinking that I was eating olive oil only to be fooled with cheap vegetable oil and brings up a good point. There's a snake under every rock. Goes back to when we look at these food alternatives that are advertising to be healthy, but they're still in a box or a bag. Uh, you gotta check the ingredient list. You gotta really look at what they're making that stuff with. Processed food is killing us all, uh, slowly. Uh, so, you know, you, you, even when I thought I was doing the right thing, I was doing the wrong thing. Um, and thanks to my buddy doing some sleuth work on what they were filling that bottle up with, I, you know, I, I got some clarity. Uh, so, you know, being conscious of the, the ingredients. Um, well, we covered a lot. Uh, um, I think we're going to expand upon a few of these issues in the upcoming podcast, uh, specifically the mitochondrial dysfunction, the energy production issue, how to fix that. What do we do? Um, and you know, uh, keep them coming. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, I'm, once again, I'm sorry it's taken me so long to get a new one out, uh, but I hope this kind of revives the conversation. I'll post this on the Facebook group. Uh, I'll also post it on our generalized Facebook uh, page. We, it is also hosted on Spotify. I know not everybody has a Spotify subscription, but you can listen to these free just by clicking on one-offs. Of course, they want you to listen to it for free because if you like it, you'll sign up uh, and they get to make money. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not advocating for that, but uh, that's kind of why they let, you to they let you listen to them for free. Um, all right, guys. Well, I hope you guys are, are doing well, uh, enjoying this warm weather. Everybody's getting out, getting some walks, enjoying the... Uh, uh, the, the, the bloom, uh, hopefully we don't get a freeze and it ruins all that. Um, anyways, you guys have a good day.